Welcome to our podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. My name is Dorian Furman. And I'm Meredith Berkman. And we're the Wrong Moms. And we are very excited and intrigued to have with us today, Mitch Bradley, who is the owner of Hebe's Fresh Market in Bozeman, Montana. And the reason we have Mitch on today, we have never interviewed a retailer before, is that we heard him giving really powerful and moving testimony before a city council hearing in Montana, in Missoula, Montana recently. And he spoke about his voluntary decision to stop selling tobacco products, in part because he felt that some of these flavored vapes and other flavored tobacco products were targeting kids, and that wasn't gonna happen in his store on his watch. So Mitch Bradley, thank you so much for joining us, and we'd love to hear your story. Absolutely, thank thanks for having me here. I, uh, I'm excited for the opportunity to, to share my story and hopefully compel others to take the same stand that I have if they are other retailers out there. I'm an independent grocer and we've owned Heaps for 12 years now. And when I first took over the store, we did have tobacco products and it, I've never been a tobacco user and I've never enjoyed it because I witnessed my father smoking for my entire life until he was probably in his late seventies before he actually quit smoking. But I despised it as a kid. And then watching my father get to a point where he got emphysema, then he had to pack an oxygen tank with him wherever he goes. And I vowed to myself, I'm never going to take up that habit. And so I never have. And then I was approached by one of the people from the Gallatin County Health Department. Her name is Lori Christensen. And she had approached me and she said, what would you ever think about not selling tobacco? She goes, the, the big tobacco companies are targeting kids. And I thought, huh, you're right. Because I in, I thought, uh, this isn't a good idea. And she said, Mitch, you ever notice where your kid carts are stationed? They're right in front of your cigarette rack. And I thought, I was horrified. <laughs> I never even thought about it. But then it really got my mind going. And we built a brand new facility, a new store that we've been open now about a year and a half. And... I decided, I made the commitment that I was not going to sell tobacco in our new store. I thought, I can take that stand that tobacco companies are always trying to push all kinds of promotions. And they, and Lori told me, and I could see this, that they target kids. And so often, I know of my young employees that would start smoking, and it would just infuriate me that they would, because then you could ask anybody that's in their 30s, they wish they never would have started it. But once those big tobacco companies get you hooked, they know they've got you. And so I thought, well, hey, this is an opportunity that I can do something different. I can contribute to my community by being one that says, hey, I'm not going to sell tobacco. And what was really cool, we put that out there, too, that we were not. And it was awesome to see the reaction that the community gave us. And they were very, they thought, that's really good of you to take a stand against the tobacco, be willing to do that. So I felt like it was to our advantage. I don't think it did not deter my sales at all. The only time I ever run into it is when tourism comes, tourists come into our town, they will say, you know, ask why we're tobacco. Well, we don't sell it, you know, and then end of story. 
and the community knows that we don't. And so I've been very proud that we have been able to do that. That's really amazing. And, you know, our hope is that other people listening to this will take the same stand. You mentioned something interesting, which is that the tobacco displays are right at kid eye level. Is that a directive from the tobacco companies? I'd love to know how involved they are in placement in your store and how that affects purchases. They will never come back, come out and say that they're targeting children. But if you go to the convenience stores, they will have it at that eye level and you can see it. You know, if you go in there with that mindset, realizing that, hey, this really is programmed and you think about the bright colors and stuff and even sometimes the cartoon sort of characters and stuff, um, I think that it, it's geared that way. They will never say that to you. But every month I would always get some kind of promotion, especially on chewing tobacco. They really push that a lot where they'd have these extra products. And I even quit. I told my supplier, I belong to a cooperative called Associated Foods. And they said, I don't want any of this. And they kept sending it to me. I've kept, you know, it took me, I did just four months before they finally knocked off that doing that auto ship. But they will set up those incentives of sending you product. They will give you rebates of cash if you agree to these programs that they run. And part of that program is how much of signage that you put up, they, you say, okay, you get X number of dollars, but they will come in and you have to allow them to put up that signage in their areas. And so they, they use a lot of money for sure to try and be persuasive and get people to thinking, let's do this. You think about some of the big convenience stores, I'm sure they pocket big money because I know I was given that opportunity of rebates back I was just a small player, but I'm sure these big stores are able to get a lot more money. Were there companies like Juul and, and some of the other, you know, the vaping companies, were you reapproached or were you approached once you opened your new store by these companies with vape products? No, it's really interesting you bring that up because I hadn't really considered it, but no one ever approached me with our new store. Now at the old store, I remembered somebody coming up and my original thought with vape is, hey, this is a great way for people to get off cigarettes. Little did I know the repercussions that come from that. I thought, man alive, that was, and I, I allowed some products in our store. I'm embarrassed to say that now, but that was back probably 2000, yeah, like you said, um, 2015, was it, when is it? And they weren't flavored then. I might be off on my timing, but, um, and it never went, took off and, I thought, man, I don't want to do this anymore. So we got rid of those, but we did sell um, chewing tobacco and packaged cigarettes until we moved in 2019. And and do you ever get flack from your colleagues, you know, other convenience stores in your city, in your state, in your neighborhood, or if you go to a, you know, in some kind of business context, I, I, I wonder, are there others like you? And as you said at the beginning, which I think we really appreciate is you're hoping that you can set an example, but have you gotten negative attention or pressure from other people? Or have you gotten, um, you know, what kind of feedback do you get from consumers? I would say I don't get any negative feedback. What I've gotten is nothing but positives from the community. And in terms of other retailers, there's not a lot of them probably realize that I do. Um, I don't sell tobacco. I'm proud to let anybody know. But if anybody 
I guess I could think of a couple that have said, man, that took some courage to do. And I said, well, it's a dying category. I think it's a terrible habit. And I do not want to be one of those people that would be encouraging those to smoke, and especially with kids, because I really am an advocate for youth. And I try and steer any monies that I might make donations, contributions to different sporting events, different for the elementary schools. I feel that there is such an impact at a young age and where people can make a determination of what they want to do with their lives and people start smoking. It's uh, such a bad choice and you can't get rid of it. You can't shake it forever. Oh, it's one thing for groups like ours to say, but you've got to think about the kids. You know, this is immoral. You can still sell if you're going to sell tobacco products, get rid of the flavors. But, you know, when, when uh, what would you answer to that argument that um, getting rid of, in, in our case, let's say all flavored tobacco products, or in your case, getting rid of all tobacco products, it's harmful to the individual retailer. What would your response as a retailer be to that? What I would say is just really look at your bottom line. I felt like for me, that industry is a dying category. And the margin that you make is not that good. We could probably make about a 12% margin. We I figured we did about $110,000 in sales in tobacco at our old store. And so, you know, when you walk away from money, it's not always the easiest, but I felt like what I would tell other people is say, I would like to think your community is going to recognize you. And if anything, maybe um, give you some sense of loyalty. They would show some sense of loyalty by working with you and supporting you. It's a risk, but I would say, you know, inevitably, I really believe that the tobacco company is going to go away or it's going to become such a minute piece and just say, I think it'd be great to take a stand, be, be, stand up for it. You know, people like they recognize me and they, they applaud our efforts for doing that. Well, we definitely applaud your efforts for doing that. And I also want to ask you what motivated you to speak at that, um, at that, uh, city council meeting. I mean, you've become an advocate um, against flavored tobacco products, all flavored e-cigarettes and other flavored tobacco products. What motivated you to go that next step and become an advocate? Well, I felt I was approached to being part of this coalition, a local coalition that we're going to try and fight within us. Um, I felt like I want to, like I said, make, I want to be somebody that's going to stand up and, and, and to make a difference. I feel like in life, that is each one of us, I think, should have that sense of responsibility. Let's be contributors to society. And I really feel like I can take a stand. I have nothing to lose with this. And I have everything to gain for helping others. And that's that's what life's about. And I just think smoking in any kind of tobacco use is just such a disservice. And it causes so many ills. I love that. I mean, it's so true. You know, everyone has a voice. and Parents have a voice, retail, I mean, everyone has a voice and everyone can make a difference no matter what you do. And I love that, you know, you got up and you told your story and you made such a powerful impact because at the end of the day, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about protecting our kids, protecting them from starting tobacco products and ending up like your father, like my father, like so many people that we know who got sucked into this at a young age and spent their entire life smoking. Thank you so much for, for everything that you do. You're welcome. I'm very, it's really fun to be a part of this. I, and 
I think that when you have things in your life that you want to be passionate about, it comes easy. It really does. And so I hope that I can help make a, a difference in a small way too. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. If you're a parent and you want to get involved, please check out our website at parentsagainstvaping.org. We need passionate parents to join our grassroots movement across the country to protect our kids from the predatory behavior of big tobacco. To get involved in local advocacy campaigns, please text PAVE, that is P-A-V-E, to 72572. Parents' voices matter and you can make a difference.